I'm so sorry. I, seriously, it's um, this what? has been great to do. It's like the most human contact I've had in a long time. So it's <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your reaction to my failures. So thank you very much. <laughs> okay, let me get it together real quick and we'll jump right in. Full reset. Here we go. Okay, so what you just heard is by far the single greatest mess up in all of them radio history where I actually forgot to click record during our episode and we crushed it. The first pass was amazing. I felt super comfortable. Selena felt super comfortable. And then lo and behold, I had forgotten to click record on our Zoom virtual session. And this never happens because I usually record my episodes at Gotham Podcast Studio in Manhattan and they never forget to hit record. But unfortunately, this one I did on Zoom and I did, I actually forgot to click record. And the reason I share that is honestly, mistakes happen. And the second pass through, thanks to Selena being the most gracious human being ever and just all around an incredible human, she was totally cool with it. She made me feel not like an idiot that I felt <laughs> for not having clicked record, but she made me feel totally comfortable in that experience. So huge thank you to Selena for being an amazing guest and for bearing with me during this entire time when we literally had to re-record everything a second time. Um, but fortunately, after listening to this back so many times, I'm so comfortable with how this came out. I feel like the second time around was actually better than the first. We were both super comfortable and we really made it work. We did record this episode in May, so right at the end of May, and it is being released live early September, so I encourage everyone to take a look at papergrades.com for all up-to-date information. Um, as of right now, they're still offering the 30% discount as everybody continues to navigate back into their in-office environment, at-home environment, and I think that's incredibly amazing of Selena to offer that discount still, um, so feel free to take a look at papergrades.com and let us know what you think. Now, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hey, Fem Radio, this is Melissa Goncalves, your host, and I have with me the founder and CEO of Paper Grades, Selena Fletcher. Selena, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It's so wonderful to be here, and um, I just love your mission, and I love what you're doing. Thank you so much, and you're here to talk about Paper Grades, which I love, and I, you know, I remember seeing you at um, an event I went to, and you did a full presentation on your product, and I just remember thinking, wow, like, one, I love her energy, two, her vibe is contagious, and I love her mission and her product. So let's start, let's start with you, right? Let's get some background information on you. Where are you from? Where do you live? Who will our listeners be hearing from today? Yes. So thank you again for having me. Um, I'm Selena Fletcher, founder of Paper Grades, and I grew up in a suburb outside Philadelphia, lived my mom, my dad, my older sister. Um, now I live in Connecticut, but prior to being able to drive uh, my, my car to the grocery store, I was a lot cooler and I lived in New York City um, on the Upper West Side. And I love that you mentioned that, right? Driving your car to the grocery store because I too just moved to the suburbs from the city and we really sleep on how valuable that is to take your car to the grocery store. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. Like you don't no longer have to like lose blood supply in your arms when you're carrying <laughs> a million groceries and you're like, I see my building, I can make it. And, and then you can't make it and the bag breaks. I mean, it's total game changer. 
So you graduated from Georgetown and, you know, what was your first move after graduation? Can you give us some insight into that period of your life? Yeah. So first move was, um, I actually moved to London to get my master's and I had the choice. Okay, Selena, get, you know, get a job, go to the real world, or you can move to London and keep going to school. Um, and I thought to myself, God, I'm going to go keep going to school. Um, <laughs> and looking back, I probably did that because I actually had no idea what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be, you know, when I grew up um, and it was more of just doing the next right thing um, instead of really taking time to consciously build the future I wanted and then work to achieve that vision. It was like, oh, well, this is the next thing. And this choice sounds great, right? I'll do it. And I'm curious about London, right? Because that's, you're not just moving to like a different city or a different state. Like that's a, a whole different part of the world. So <laughs> tell us about what, what gravitated you towards London. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm a huge homebody and I love my family. Um, and my sister was actually there for her third year of law school. And so I said, oh my gosh, let's get the band back together and let's live together and we'll go to school and it will be this magical time. You know, we hadn't lived together since I, she went off to college. Um, and so it was, it was basically following my sister in London, but um, you know, I got to go to school there too, but it, it was fabulous and it was a really special time together. So I'm, I'm so happy it happened. Um, you know, just, it worked out that way because I didn't really have a plan for it. I'm sure you've probably got some really great stories that you'd have to share offline for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being able to like, just the, you could hop on a flight and they were so cheap and you could just go all around Europe and it was so beautiful. I feel like I've literally only seen my apartment for the past couple weeks. So <laughs> the thought of like being on an airplane and seeing some beautiful exotic land is, is amazing. So after all of that traveling, the jet setting, the school, right, the schooling, um, you finally settled in New York City and you wanted to be a lawyer. You started working as a paralegal, but then you ultimately didn't like it. Yeah, no, I ultimately was like, that's not for me. Yeah, so it was time to get to work. Um, and I come from a family of lawyers. My dad's a lawyer, my sister's a lawyer. My mom is a wonder woman who was my dad's paralegal for a long time. And um, and so I said, oh God, I totally want to be a lawyer, guys, obviously. Um, and my dad said, hey, you know, I, why, don't, why don't you just go paralegal to make sure you really like it, to make sure you're going to like, you know, law school and being a lawyer make sure it's the right path. And I'm fairly certain he told me to do that because he knew it was not the right path. Um, but he wanted me to find that out myself, um, like the amazing father he is. And so I got there and I started and there was just no joy in Mudville. I mean, I was surrounded by people who didn't like their jobs and they just didn't, didn't like anything. And it just seemed like really unhappy. Um, and it just wasn't for me. What were some of the things at that time that you were looking for that you felt like you didn't have? Yeah, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it at the time. I would have just told you, oh, I don't like it. Like, it's not my jam. I, I want something more different. But in hindsight, I think I was really missing passion and creativity. Um, you know, I hadn't really taken the time to pause and ask myself, what do I want to do with my life? Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I excelled at making binders and color coding and photocopying and making things organized, but it was really just a means for a paycheck. Um, and, you know, it was my first real paycheck besides from being a camp counselor. And, you know, while receiving the paycheck is crucial, I, I did feel like something was lacking. Um, and I wanted to love what I did and I wanted to love what I didn't get paid for it. And I, you know, I didn't take time to examine the void. I just kept hurtling forward to the next thing, just knowing, Hey, this one thing isn't what I want. Wow. 
And I know from there, you also had a career in PR and events. Um, you spent some time doing professional organizing. So tell us about this. It's, it's quite the difference. Yes, um, I am all about the path that is not straight. It's taken me a long time to get places. Um, you know, the universe has placed a lot of opportunities in front of me, and I think I reacted to them instead of actually like designing them and, and figuring out the design of what I wanted. Um, I do believe things happen for a reason and we're all where we're supposed to be at the specific moment to learn the lesson or in my case, maybe relearn the lesson sometimes. But I, I wonder what might've happened if I set the fears and the limiting beliefs aside and I paused and I asked myself, what do you want? What makes you happy? What's the future look like? What didn't you like about that? And really like took time to answer those questions, not to say, oh no, I'll move on to the next thing. And so to sort of dig a little deeper into that, right, is that a, a piece of advice, I guess you could say, to current, um, you know, people working right now? Do you think that they should be taking a little bit more inventory of, of their surroundings and of their feelings? Yeah, 100%. I don't think it's about like, oh, I hate this. I'm leaving right now anywhere but here. Um, but that can be a mentality that happens if you're unhappy or if you can't put your finger on what the problem is. Maybe it's not the place. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a situation you're dealing with outside of work. There's so many factors. And so I do actually think taking the time to pause and sit in the discomfort and, you know, ask yourself the difficult questions and then give yourself time to answer them. It might not come you know, within the first minute of asking, it could take months, maybe years. Um, but you have to ask or you'll, you'll never get there. And most recently you found yourself in an executive assistant role at a hedge fund. So yeah. you were there for seven years. Um, what were some of the key takeaways from this role? Yeah. So being at the two different hedge funds I was at, it's, it's, you know, my path had, had brought me to something that I really excelled at and I'm, I'm super others oriented and I love making things run smoothly and being executive kind of executive personal assistant spoke directly to my detail oriented, slightly OCD perfectionist ways. And, and it really came down to like, I felt like I was getting paid to be myself and I felt like I could excel at doing the things that brought me joy. Um, and being great at my job brought me a sense of validation and security. And I love the sense of being needed and, and belonging. And I had a sense of purpose, but um, making things easy and beautiful for others is, is basically my superpower. And while I still love doing all those things and running calendars and making puzzle pieces fit, I now do it for myself and my company as opposed to you know doing it for someone else. Um, right. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how sometimes each of the roles that we possess is like furthering, uh, further preparing us for the ultimate um, role that we end up having, right? And you yeah. as a business owner in this case. Exactly, and realizing that I thought this one skill set put me in a box and I put myself in this box saying, okay, you're doing this and you like doing it and you're gonna, this is all that, it, you know, this skill set can do. And I just, I wasn't creative enough and I wasn't giving myself enough, you know, Kind of runway to say oh these things actually translate into being an entrepreneur owning your own business right. like you can do so many things you can do this for yourself and your business that's just like doing it for someone else when we first spoke it, it we sort of had this similar experience where we're like here you are as you know putting me in this box but like i didn't ask to be here and i didn't get to pick the box so <laughs> i don't like to be in here i don't like to be in this confined space and i think we we both sort of shared an experience of of really learning that we're not our job, right? Yes. And that you- Oh, 100%. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think not being your job is 
separating those two things, you're, you, um, you know, being good at your job is something you may do, but it's not who you are. And I confused that for a long time because I think I was feeling, I finally found a place where I excelled and I fit and it felt really good to show up every day. And I, I loved it. And I, um, was, it felt really good to be really good at something. Um, and, you know, so it brought me the sense of validation and security, but realizing, which then can confuse like, well, that's who I am because mm -hmm. I, I like it so much. That's me, but that's not actually who you are. That's just my job. And maybe I was good at it, but, um, that's not me. When did you ultimately determine it was time to leave and disconnect yourself from that role? Yeah, so I think really realizing um, when the risk of staying was finally outweighed kind of by the fear of the unknown or the fear of trying something totally new. Um, you know, I was really afraid of, you know, um, lack of income or health insurance, what other people's response to my choice might be, how my choices would affect other people, making the wrong choice, being stuck with a choice I didn't like, like even though it was my choice. And I allowed that fear to paralyze me instead of motivate me. Um, and it took me a really long time to realize that everyone is just thinking about themselves and maybe setting aside your parents. No one else is thinking about what's best for you. That's your job. You have to think about what's best for you and focus on you. Um, I do believe you can do that without hurting other people or, you know, being a narcissist, um, <laughs> but really saying, okay, you know, is this good for me? Does this serve me? And then the next question can be, what does this do for other people? And you can really make that choice good for everyone um, if possible, but it's just really realizing, hey, you can try something new and it, you know, never say never, or it might not be forever. You can, you're allowed to change your mind at any time and you're allowed to live your dream and try. Um, so I realized saying yes to yourself or saying yes to an opportunity and trying something new doesn't have to come at the expense of loving, respecting, cherishing where you came from. Um, and you're allowed to try something new and always change your mind, which is, is right. very freeing as opposed to being like, okay, I'm going to make this choice. And it's, you know, maybe it will impact every next step I take, but it doesn't have to be forever or it doesn't it's not a yes or no it's not black or white um it's just it's a choice yeah like just giving yourself permission to make that choice and go against the grain and going against your original um thoughts and and viewpoints i think that's huge right giving yourself almost permission to fail right because you're not you're it's the uncertainty sometimes that holds yes. us back yeah and permission to fail and saying that doesn't actually, if you fail, you're not a failure. Right. You're not your job. You're not that thing. You're not the failure. That was just an experience where you learned something great next, or maybe you're super successful, but um, either way, it's, you're, you're allowed to try. Right. Right. So what were some of the things that you believe might've held you back from making decisions that would benefit you? Because we did speak a little bit about, you know, anxieties, being nervous about what people were going to think about you, yeah. but ultimately like the root cause, you know, what were some of the things that were holding you back? Yeah, I really think just, um, it was me. I was, you know, taking stock and being honest with myself about what I wanted and my dreams and my goals, my wishes. And it's really uncomfortable to sit and ask yourself the difficult questions when you don't know the answer. And you're like, well, if I don't know the answer, no one else knows the answer, I'm asking myself. So I can't go get this answer from anyone else. Like, oh God, I don't know the right answer. 
ooh, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to go here, so I won't ask the question. And so I think for a long time, it was like, oh, God, this, this, I don't maybe know the answer to this question. So let me just, you know, push it under the rug and go do something I do know and that I'm really good at and that will feel really good. Um, and realizing that you got to ask yourself the tough questions and you have to ask because you're the only one who's going to be able to find out the answer. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Really taking inventory on yourself, taking stock on your own life and being honest with yourself is huge, 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 huge. Yeah. And it's definitely not that fun sometimes. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm alone here, but um, you know, it's like, oh God, what do I want? You know, <laughs> who do I want to be? And it's not just saying, I really like that choice I made. I'll make the next choice. It's, it's thinking ahead and then going to get what you want. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny thinking, back like you know in my 20s if someone said oh like what's your five-year plan and 10-year plan I mean I had no idea I still I'm still working on it but I didn't think I didn't put as much importance um and make that a priority and in hindsight I would have because I think it's really important to know yourself that well right um and even if you don't know to be okay with not knowing and work every day towards figuring out what the answer might be I love that. Yeah, I think that's super, super important. And we talk about that a lot on FEM radio and on our episodes and just really being able to also trust yourself and, and you know, have the confidence, right? And you mentioned it before that um, failing at something does not mean that you are a failure. And I think that's huge, um, just really important to continue to just repeat to ourselves in the morning, maybe making that, make that your power pose in the mirror. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because it's easy to say, oh, I'm like so lame. I'm a loser. I failed at this. Oh, this is the worst. Everyone's going to judge me. It's like, no, you tried. You got to try. And you don't know the outcome. And as long as you put your heart and soul into it and try your best, that's literally all anyone can ask for. And that's what you can ask of yourself. And nothing's for certain, we, especially now. We don't know the future. It's, you know, it's crazy out there. Right. Um, but just, yeah, giving yourself the permission is, is really important. And, you know, if anyone out there listening needs permission or approval, just, you know, DM me and I'll approve and give you permission to do anything that's going to make you happy. Like, you know, with obviously within reasons of you know, legalities, but um, <laughs> if people need permission. It's sometimes you just need someone else to say, yeah, you're allowed to, you're allowed to do that. Tell us about paper grades. What is it? When did you start? Yes. Okay. So um, it's called Paper Greats because we're all worth more than good, I think. Um, and it was created in 2018. Um, and I'm really proud of it. It's uh, an eco tableware line that marries beauty with sustainability um, because I believe eco doesn't have to be ugly and beauty doesn't have to break the bank. Um, and convenience is not a dirty word, but it, it shouldn't have to come at the expense of the planet because life is already messy enough. Let's be kind to ourselves and be kind to the planet and, you know, just keep it moving. So how did you come up with this concept? Because the eco-sustainability, that in itself, it's, it's very like niche as, you know, to be a product owner or something like that. Um, so I'm curious to see the background on that. Yeah, so I came up with the concept actually uh, after I moved in with my sister during her divorce. At the time, my nephew was six months old and my niece was like two and a half um, and the dishes were never ending. And we were two highly capable women and I felt like, I don't know how this is possible. My sanity was slipping and I realized just something had to give. So I went on Amazon, I found paper dishes that were sold in bulk, but they didn't hurt the environment and I clicked buy now. 
Uh, they arrived, they saved my life, and they literally allowed me to take something off my plate. Um, and while they hold a very special place in my heart, they were really super ugly and they brought me no joy to have around me. And so the idea came that um, I wanted to create a beautiful plate, beautiful paper products that could save your sanity and not hurt the planet um, and just be surrounded by something you loved. And I have to say, you know, just looking at your website, looking at the products, they really are beautiful. You know, you've been able to take a concept and, and actually fulfill your mission, right? But but what was step one? Let's go back to the drawing board. What did you do first? Yes. So step one um, was really just believing in myself, believing that my idea was good enough, believing I was allowed to try something new, um, you know, saying to myself, hey, you're no better than anyone else and no one else is better than you. And just like everyone else in the world, you're allowed to follow your dream. You're allowed to try something. You're allowed to go do something that you think is going to make you happy, even though you're not sure of the outcome. And so go try it. And so once, you know, once I really believed in myself, and had the courage to say, this is what I want to do. Here's my idea. Um, and I obsessively talked to my parents and, you know, I ran through all my fears around, you know, money and health insurance and, you know, what this would look like on a resume and, you know, all those fears that really keep you paralyzed. Um, I realized the only one stopping me was me. And so after all of that, really, once I believed in myself and I stopped stopping myself, the really the first step was forming an LLC and figuring out how to give birth to this paper product. So I find it interesting because there are a lot of people, right, that had to have been in a similar situation where they're looking for something eco-friendly like that, and they're not finding ones that they really love, but their initial reaction isn't, oh, I'm going to start, a, you know, a company and make product that is beautiful and that satisfies this mission. So what do you think was different about you as a, as a person? What is a trait that you think you had um, that made you want to be a business owner like this? Yeah. So I love, you know, making people happy and, you know, spreading joy and making things easy and beautiful for other, for other people. And so I think um, th this was just a different, a different vehicle to do what I was doing anyway. And so it was, Hey, these plates really saved my life. Like they really got me out of a crazy time when I didn't know, you know, what was up and what was down and how amazing would this be if I could make this beautiful thing for other people and it would make their lives easier and make their lives beautiful. And gosh, I want to do that. And so it was more of um, realizing that the skills that I was kind of you know, been doing my whole professional career could translate into something else. Um, and it was just a different expression of the same thing I was doing um, and realizing, hey, I love these things so much. I want to share this with other people. Like, why is no one else doing this? I guess I'll try it myself. Wow. And how did you fund your endeavor? Because obviously it takes a lot of money to get some things off the ground or it doesn't, right? You, you feel free to share what your experience yeah. was like. Um, yeah, no. So, uh, you know, Paper Grace has been self-funded um, and really I kicked off 2020 wanting to focus on raising capital and figuring out the best way to do it. This is my first, you know, business entrepreneurship rodeo. And so I'm like, okay, let me do my research and figure out how to get this done and what's the best way to raise money and what kind of money do I want? Um, and then really COVID-19 um, hit. And uh, I think, you know, the universe had some other plans and, you know, so I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think the next step to really be able to grow, we're taking things to the next level is is figuring out how to raise the right capital for my small business and one thing that i'm super curious about is 
the actual manufacturing of the product because this is usually a blocker for a lot of people where they come up with this great idea but they don't know how to actually get it made so where did you turn to 100 percent total blocker it was one of my biggest fears and i sat on the idea for over two years because i, I literally didn't know how to pr produce paper plates i said how are you, you don't know how to make a paper plate selena like who are you um and it turns out i just had to ask the question um, so I ended up actually turning to the people who made the original plate that I, you know, saved my life and my sanity. And it turned out they could help me and they could manufacture my plate and my design. And so um, I was really worried that I had to do everything myself. And because I didn't know how to, I stopped myself from doing anything. Um, and that worry of having to do everything yourself was totally false because I don't need to do it all myself. I just need to find the right people to help me do it and to help me achieve my goals. And you can get there a whole lot faster um, and actually probably much better once you ask other people for help. Were you surprised, um, you know, during this journey at the willingness of people to help and provide their insights? Yes, 100%. I'm, I'm someone who um, loves helping other people, but I'm really bad at asking for help myself. And I don't know if it comes from the fear of, okay, they're, it's going to be putting them out or they're going to feel pressure to help me or then I'll be in debt to them or it's going to look like I'm weak or I'm stupid. Um, and what's funny is because I love helping other people. Why wouldn't other people want to help me? But it right. worked that way in my mind. And so, yeah, it was really hard um, to say you're allowed to ask for help. It's so interesting how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. And then everyone, the minute I asked and I was sincere about it, everyone showed up and people wanted to help. And it brought people joy to say, God, I love being able to help you. Remember when you helped me five years ago or last week or, oh, you know, I'd love to do this thing for you. And it's right. so, it's so fabulous when you realize that like, we're, we're better together than alone. And like, why not share? And like the fear is mostly in your head. Um, and, you know, we stop ourselves from doing so many great things because we're, we're scared of it, not because it's actually, you know, in reality. Right. So, you know, on that note, what have been some of the harder lessons that you've learned on this journey? Yes. Uh, let's see. It's taken a while to really um, believe for myself that success is infinite. Like, um, the fact that someone else is successful doesn't mean that you can't be successful and there's not a cap on success and there's not a cap on how much can go around. And a lot of the problems or the fears that are in your head, actually you just made up and they're in your head. They don't actually exist. So you can be as successful as you want to be and reach your goals. Um, because just because other people have that doesn't mean you can't. Um, I also think realizing that failure doesn't exist when your goal is bigger than just your work. Um, and when your goal is, you know, how you show up every day and your work might be a vehicle for how you get there. But, you know, I, I love spreading joy and happiness and ease and paper grades is just one way that I can do that. And so there might be successes and failures, but it's not determined by the specific venture. Um, I also, you know, I've learned that ego will get you every single time and you got to remind yourself and check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, and you know, even when you think you're pretty low ego and humble, like check yourself, eat some humble pie, take a breath and then proceed because, you know, I just think it's human nature, but I think so many things get miscommunicated or, 
um, it doesn't, you know, connect because there's ego involved when there'd be so much learning and moving forward faster together if we just set the ego aside. Um, and I think really liking who you see in the mirror and realizing that like you have to go home with yourself every night and look at yourself and, and know, like your decisions and worry about less how others see you as long as you're really liking what you're looking at um, because it's a waste of time. So I guess more faith, less fear and really asking for help when you need it. What are your goals with paper grades? I mean, besides world domination, um, <laughs> I, you know, and let's see, we're going to have Oprah and Martha loving my paper products. Um, I, my real goal would be to have everyone, um, every household in America be able to set a full table, like paper grade style, um, and have beautiful paper designs that bring happiness and joy and ease and then can be recycled or composted. Um, and I really want to give my customers more free time and give, you know, give my niece and nephew a really healthy planet and everyone else's children. And and um, I think it's really important um, to just, you know, give people that that break. Um, and I want to make Paper Grades a profitable and sustainable company that it becomes even bigger than I can imagine because I'm sure I'm operating with still fears and anxieties and telling myself I can't do things. And so um, really trusting um, that and, and, and making it sustainable. So tell us about your products, right? Because we're burying the lead here, right? So where can our listeners purchase your products? What do you have available? You know, give us some insight into what they're going to see when they go yes. to your website. So um, check out papergrades.com. We're also on Instagram, papergrades. Um, and it all started with the grade plate, which is um, kind of the my main paper baby. Um, and that's kind of a, a dinner plate sized uh, paper plate. We had the niche dish, which is like a little snack dish. We have placemats, coffee cups, notepapers, notepads. Um, and, you know, I just, I love color and I love patterns and prints and, and fun. And I do believe in the power and the energy of having beautiful things around you and like just touching something that you like having around can lift your mood and, and change the day. And so um, all the products can be really mixed and matched and uh, really just having everyone move away from the sink and maybe finding a seat at the table for a little bit longer. Life is way too short um, and it's messy enough and, you know, standing alone in front of the kitchen sink is for no one. Yeah, it's you know, like I'm like every woman deserves a seat at the table, figuratively and literally. Like standing alone in front of the kitchen sink is not ideal. Go to the table, enjoy your family, or if you live alone, go take a bath, drink some wine, read a book, I, I stare out the window. I don't care what you do, but you don't need to be standing alone in front of the kitchen sink when like life's too short. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm curious. So with all the designs, the colors, the, you know, patterns, things like that, who designs for you and how do you come up with those concepts? So um, I am horrible at, uh, at drawing um, and I always have been, uh, but I have ideas in my head and it's like, I just literally can't translate them out on paper. Um, and I got introduced to a phenomenal designer um, named Radhika, who is a soul seer. She is so phenomenal and she's able to translate like my words and the visions in my head um, into a pattern and 
it's just like, you know, she's such a beautiful human being and I swear she's magical because she can just take something that I'll say in the words and I'm describing it and drawing these like stick figures and, you know, um, crazy things. And I'm like writing next to it, what it actually is. And then she creates something so beautiful. Um, and so we really work together, um, to make the designs come to life. Um, and so she's, she's made my dream come true. And I, you know, she's amazing. Love that. And I think, you know, obviously we would be in the wrong if we didn't discuss, you know, COVID-19, how it's affecting small businesses. Um, so I'd love to hear from your perspective, what's been going on with paper crates since, you know, this has all hit and, and really been, you know, made an impact. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, like the uncertainty of the past few months has just been intense. Talk about like anxiety and fear and not knowing what's next. Like it's, you know, it's, it's been, it's been really, it's been nuts for everyone. And, um, you know, about a week into kind of the stay at home order, um, I decided to discount all the products by 50% and they're still all 50% off now. Um, I really felt like it was the very least I could do to contribute. Um, you know, everyone's worried about their finances and worried about the future. Um, but we're also all stuck at home doing dishes and a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends have children and everyone's doing their remote job and, and it's, you know, full time, but now we're doing full time everything. And, you know, the few rooms in our homes and, you know, I, I do, I believe something has to give. And, and so just like during my hard, difficult time, I wanted to remove the dishes for people who might be feeling the same way. And so making it 50% off just felt like I was maybe making it easier for the day-to-day life, but also um, someone's wallet. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's so many resources for small businesses, both federally and locally. Um, and I really am, am so thankful for the local support. It's been tremendous. And it's really been amazing to watch communities come together and support one another um, and realize like, okay, this is a crazy time. This is where I live. This is my, these are my people. It's my community. How do we, how do we make it how do we make it so everyone can come out on the other side? Right. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And this, the situation continues to unfold and I honestly have no clue what the future holds, but I, I do deeply know that three meals a day, seven times a week, plus however many people you have in your household is not math. Like I want to do. <laughs> and so I, I really believe that like paper plates have never been more of a godsend than right now. Um, there's been some funny like memes out there that everyone's been, DMing me uh, about people being like, you know, uh, paper plates are, you know, the the best. And I'm like, God, people are really getting it now. Like they really do (laughs) make your life more convenient. And so um, I think it's, you know, a scary time and I hope everyone's staying healthy and well and sane. And it's also the perfect time to ask for help and say, hey, this is really hard. Something has to give and figuring out what that thing is for you. I think it's so amazing that you've offered that discount, that you've put that out there. And it's true, you know, even just making a small change like that, it's going to positively impact you, right? It's going to give you some time back in your day when we literally have no time at all right now, right? This whole switch to being remote workers and, and things like that, you know, we all sort of, you know, I guess selfishly, I've always dreamed of like a work from home life, right? Where your nine to five is home and you don't have to Right. Careful what I wish for, because now all those, you know, 15 second conversations over the water cooler are now like 30 minute meetings on my calendar. So yeah, so I could use every minute um, possible. So I think that this is, is such a great value add. 
Oh yeah, and with the parents out there who are also homeschooling or remote schooling, because like I know people do actually homeschool their children. This is very different than that, but maybe remote schooling and then preparing three meals at home for those kids and themselves and you're working full time and you're probably cleaning the house and you probably have a, a pet. And I mean, it's just, it's too much. It's something has to give. Right. So we ask the same question to each of our guests and it's who embodies the word femme to you and we use that term femme to really describe a trailblazer an ally a mentor um someone who's really just blazing a path for others um you know while continuing to climb that corporate ladder and doing all those great things so feel free to share who that is for you yeah, I mean, to me, that also describes like a powerful woman. Um, and I believe we're our most powerful when we're showing up and trying our best and supporting one another. Um, and also someone who's like unapologetic about it. So, I mean, comes to mind is like my mom and my sister and my girl gang of like my best girlfriends who I've known since, you know, elementary school. Um, they all really, they all really show up and support me and, um, you know, are there and are powerful and try their best every day. And I, I do believe we all have a little femme inside of us and it's time we all turned it up to like max volume because um, it's, it's our time and it's, it's a great thing to be. I love that. I'm gonna, that's gonna be my new tagline, turn up the femme. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like, we all got, even if you don't think you have it, I'm like, when I was thinking, you know, thinking about, God, who, who is that in my life? And I'm like, it's a part of every woman I know. Some people might have it louder than others, but everyone's got it. And the minute we turn it up in each other, everyone's showing up and it's women supporting women. And it's, you know, it's just changing the game. And when you turn it up to full volume, like it's hard not to hear that, um, which I, it's, it's awesome. Amazing. I, I love that. I love that. So I know you mentioned it before, but where can our listeners follow you on social media? Where can they purchase your products? Yes. So it can be purchased at www.papergreats.com. I'm also on uh, Instagram with paper greats, which is all about, you know, my paper babies. And then you can follow me personally at Selena Fletcher, which is mostly like my life. Um, you know, my family pictures, like silly, whatever, crazy selfies, glasses of wine. I don't know. Um, and you know, some silly memes and in, in, in mixed in there. <laughs> I love that. Uh, any last pieces of advice for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I really just think um, I would I would advise everyone. Um, I mean, I'm still learning, so who am I to give any advice? But really, just say we all need to pause and like take time and take you know take the time to stop and take stock of your path and almost like this crazy COVID-19 stuff is maybe a really great time to ask yourself those uncomfortable hard questions to say what do I want who do I want to be am I happy with who I see in the mirror what's next how do I get there and and you have to pause and really sit in that kind of uncomfort discomfort and um you know and difficulty to really admit what you want and then once you know that ask for help um and I also suggest believing in magic and miracles, the power of good energy, and always remember like that joy is contagious. So um, I highly recommend being joyful. Amazing. Selena, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Um, I just think you're the bee's knees. <laughs> I love that. Do you know any trailblazing females that you think we should be featuring? 
send us an email at femt at gmail.com. That's F-E-M-M-E-T-E-E at gmail.com. As always, thank you for your support as we strive to promote the growth of diverse women in all industries. Hashtag get femmed.